This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by Returning to Eden, a field guide for the spiritual journey. Returning to Eden is a book by Heather Hamilton for people who resonate with aspects of Christianity but struggle with the coherence of its claims. After having a mystical experience that shattered her evangelical beliefs, Heather Hamilton found herself on the journey that every true spiritual seeker ultimately takes. The highest truths that set us free are hidden in places that most people are not looking. Returning to Eden re-examines the Bible stories of childhood and opens them up as symbolic maps into the inner world. Stories like Jonah and the Whale, the parting of the Red Sea, Noah's Ark, and the Virgin Birth are illuminated with penetrating depth and intellectual integrity. Faith is no longer a white-knuckled grip on implausible beliefs, but a relaxation into a deep inner knowing. You can purchase Returning to Eden by Heather Hamilton at Amazon.com or at ReturningToEden.com. If the Bible's got you tied in knots, if you're burdened with religious thoughts, come grab a drink and join the choir. It's Heretic Happy Hour. Spooky. Welcome to the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. We are continuing our series on ghosts and ghouls and and what are they today in this episode? We're going to kind of dive a little deeper into what we think those are all about. But before we jump into that, uh, we need to introduce ourselves and say hello. My name is Keith Giles. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm the co. I'm the author of um, the Jesus Un series of books on deconstruction and reconstruction, and the soon to be released Sola Deus: What If God Is All of Us, coming very coming in about a month. Um, from this recording. I'm also joined by my co-hosts, uh, Shonda, Katie, December, and sometimes Matt. Say hello. Hey, everyone. This is Katie Valentine. I'm the author of Sex, Slavery, and Self-Control. I'm the founder of The Metaphysical Christian, and I am just loving this series. I can't wait to see what we all think about Ghost. Hello. <laughs> this is December Rose. I am the author of The Church Can Go to Hell and some other works that you can find on Amazon.com. And I am also enjoying this series, hearing everybody's stories. And also, I want to invite you all, if you have any stories, to hit us up on our Facebook pages, our website, our emails, or wherever. We're going to tell you where all that stuff is at the end of the show. But we'd like to hear from you too. This is Shonda, and I'm the author of. And, uh, sorry, I am the author of Rebels, Despots, and Saints. I know. What is that book you wrote? <laughs> Katie and I just spent an entire three straight days on uh, Ancestors, so we're okay. both a little loopy at this point. Uh, so Rebels, Despots, and Saints, the ancestors who free us and the ancestors we need to free. And I am looking forward to a conversation about whether ancestors are spirits or ghosts. And I am sometimes Matt. I am the resident skeptic here. I am ready to be convinced of what all this is. But before we get into this lovely episode today, we do have stoned thoughts. And, and when I get stoned, maybe you can convince me of some crazy shit. <laughs> what if ghosts are just people from other dimensions? Kind of like in uh, Inception, when dude shoves the uh, the book off the shelf. What if they're just as freaked out as we are, though? What if it's like our universes bumping into each other, and the ghosts are like, oh shit, 
and we're like, oh shit. And we can never really figure it out. And that's why some of them seem malicious and some seem cool as hell. I mean, I don't really believe any of this shit, to be honest with you. But for, but when I'm stoned, you never know. Just, uh, what if? Yeah, just, just to correct you, it's Interstellar, not Inception. But, uh, oh, what, did I, did, what did I say? You well, I was Inception. stoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> yeah, Interstellar. No, no. Interstellar is when he's in the desert. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, but I, I was about to say I've you, never actually seen Inception, so movie ruined. But Interstellar I have seen. That makes sense. Yes. What do you want from me? Yeah, well, <laughs> a little more research and accuracy. <laughs> For stone, for stone thoughts. For stone, you yes. Want, yes. Stone thoughts. Okay. yes. Precise That's stone it. thoughts. I demand. That's right. I demand it. I demand well, precision. I, I love that theory because, I mean, we're going to get into it when we get into our topic. But I, I think that's uh, that's a pretty viable option uh, for what, what ghosts might be. But I don't want to I don't want to go too far down that road at this point. Anyway, we'll be jumping into it a little bit later. Matt, I got to be honest. I think the entire episode is stoned thoughts, given what we're talking about. So I feel like you Absolutely. actually just contributed some, like a substantive thought to this episode. Yes. Oh, boy. Sometimes my thoughts are substantive. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes I get the wrong movie. You never know. <laughs> yes. I don't know, man. I think that uh, Inception is just a poor man's memento. So that's just me. Oh, come on. Yeah. We'll have to have another. We'll have to have a movie. Fight episode. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come at me, bro. Memento, Memento, is, I tell. Memento is better. I will say that. But I, I do like both films. Oh, yeah. prove, you're not, prove you're not a Gen Xer and don't know which either movie is. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's just us other versions of our own selves in different dimensions? Like, Ooh. have anybody else had like an acute deja vu situation? Where you're like, mm-hmm. I, oh, I yeah. know I've freaking been here, but I've never been here. But I swear to God, I've been here. Yeah. Or in a situation like that, oh no. You're like remembering you. your own future. The um yeah the that, the, the thing that the thing that really got me like into possible reincarnation was the first time I rode a horse. I was like, I've done this in another life. I was like an outlaw or something. Damn. <laughs> and then you had me on as episode. I... Yep. <laughs> I love that. That's a great idea. <laughs> but that was your heretic of the week, right, Katie? For yeah. I was not planning on talking yeah. about that, but we did. Yeah. That was a long that was that was in the Wayback Machine. Way back. Wait, you did that? You talked about the horse thing? I don't know. I might have mentioned no. it, but when we had Katie on as our heretic of the week before oh, she was Katie. a host, we the the topic was reincarnation. Yeah, Somehow. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I've had that kind of a. I don't think I have had that kind of a like a, a memory of another life kind of a thing. Interesting. I think uh, it wasn't even like a memory. It was more of a a feeling that I couldn't explain. I was just like, I'd done this before. It wasn't like I had a specific memory of something. It was just like just an extreme deja vu. Kind of. Yeah, kinda. it didn't feel like the first time. Yeah, it didn't feel like the first time. Feels like the first. We're gonna get. (laughs) Yeah, Matt, I want to circle back to you again when you've edited the uh, ancestors podcast episode that I just recorded with Sujata, which was half of it was about reincarnation. Cannot wait to hear what you think. Anyhow, very cool. I maintain that was not. I mean, it may have in fact been stoned thoughts. I think it just fit in really well with today's theme. Yes, me too. Totally. 
So, so we're, we're, we're previewing the episode for everyone. So stay tuned. Uh, before we start talking about interstellar and other dimensions and ghosts and spirits, we have a wonderful heretic of the week. Um, you're going to absolutely love her. I'm so sorry. I wasn't on this interview. So maybe in fact, y'all did talk about reincarnation and ghost. I don't know. You never know, but you're going to find out a we wonderful, wonderful story and a wonderful heretic. It's the heretic of the week. Hi, my name is Tuhina, and I am a heretic, and proud of it. Hi, Tuhina. Tuhina, I'm super excited you're here. You can't tell, huh? You didn't see that coming? I, I did not. No. Welcome yes. to our recovery circle. I, uh, I feel like I need a stale cup of coffee right now. And a donut. <laughs> bad donuts, oh, yes. Oh, bad no, donuts. not a bad donut. There's no such thing as a bad... Actually, a there, is a such, there is such... Yes. There actually oh, is I've a bad donut. Bad donuts. <laughs> there is a bad donut. I've had one. So something all you all of you should know about Tuhina is that while uh, she is an ordained minister in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, her real religion is in fact donuts. It's holy. It's holy. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm super excited that you're here, Tahina. One of the reasons I agreed to be co-host, and it was a long con, was I knew I was going to be able to get you on here as the Heretic of the Week one week. So I'm glad this is the time. Um, I am thrilled because we have been up to some good trouble together over the years, and I miss you now that you are in North Carolina. But... Uh, where we always like to start is, what is it that makes you a heretic? I learned that being a heretic is the belief of the minority. And yeah, yeah, that's actually something that my mentor told me. He's like, heretics are great because (laughs) they actually have a great different perspective on the way things are. Um, And so I've always held to that definition of heretic being the belief of the minority. Um, I'm also, I mean, this could be just kind of like super duper weird for some Christian folk, but uh, I am a practicing Ludu. Whoa. Oh, man. That's a first. You you probably want to know what a Ludu (laughs) is. Um, so I am ordained in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and I was, uh, raised as a devout Hindu, um, not a right wing Hindu. Um, let me just super clarify that. Um, but yeah, Hindus have a lot to atone for right now. Just Mm, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that's part of that. That's part of, I mean, I'm also Brown. I'm a woman. Like (laughs) the list can go on and on and on as to why I'm a heretic, but like, yeah, just, can I, sorry, can I just clarify real quick? So a Ludu mm-hmm. is a Lutheran Hindu? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I just, I just yeah. had to make sure I was tracking you there. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like Boo Jews? Buddhist Jews? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, I got mm-hmm. the reference. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but a Ludu. <laughs> Although my cool. mom loves to get confused with it and call it a Ludu. Ludu. And it's like, yeah, which is, you know, the Indian sweet. Made it's out of delicious. chickpea flour. Yes, it's very tasty, but I am not a Ludu. I am a Ludu. Ludu. Okay. Yeah. Did I put some respect on my. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
Wow. So uh, how many Ludus are there? Are, are, is there like a club or yeah, two Hina and me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. There's two of you so far. That's great. <laughs> I think there might be a couple more here and there, but not a lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot. Okay. I'm just going to go on something right now. Like there's a lot of like weird white womaning around like yoga stuff mm-hmm. um, and the whole like colonization of yoga. And it's like, no, not, mm-hmm. not my jam, not my game. Um, and so not that kind of ludoo. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Thank you for clarifying that. Now It's coming into focus now. Yes. And it helps when you, when you contrast it with, the sort of white woman yoga thing that thank you <laughs> that that I totally can see now the differences very good and i do feel like one of the things that would that is why a lot of people know you as a minority thinker in the best possible way is a famous devotional that you created as part of the christian solidarity with the movement for black lives do you mind telling us a little bit about that yeah. Not at all. Um, so I was a um, co-curator of an Advent devotional in 2016 called Beep This Beep, also known as Fuck This Shit. Ah. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's and that nice. is yeah. the title. That Love is it. the title. But there was a good Advent theological devotion. and biblical reason for it. Um, I... Part of it came from Micah Murray's rewritten psalm, Rend the Heavens. Mm. And the constant refrain in that modern day psalm is, fuck this shit. And Mm. if anybody recalls 2016, which I try to clear much of that from my... Actually, no, I shouldn't say I try to clear that from my memory. Because if we forget, we are going to like keep repeating just the horrendousness of past injustices, past just like horrific actions. And so I actually don't want to forget as much as I like feel like I do. Um, And so that devotional was an attempt to give people a space to lament and to find different ways to express that lamentation and to actually be very honest about it Mm -hmm. and to be honest in a communal manner about it. Because I think there's something about anger and lament. It, It can eat you alive. I know for me personally, that unchecked anger and unchecked lament, if I don't metabolize it, it it will consume me and it will consume me in a really grotesque manner. And I think there was a lot of lament and there was a lot of anger and a lot. I know that for much of my life, I've been told like, pipe down, be quiet, be nicer. Your time will come. Mm -hmm. And no, the time has been. Mm -hmm. And the time has been for so many people and for so many of the communion of saints who spilled their blood. So it had been time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, denominational infrastructure be damned. My co-conspirator, um, Reverend Jason Chestnut, and I went forward with it. And it was interesting to witness how the consequences played out. Um, because both of us got a lot of hate mail. Oh, there's amazing hate mail in the world. Yeah. Um, and the people who receive the hate mail on your behalf, 
wow. Like my, the bishop at the time, um, my bishop at the time was worried for my personal safety, um, which I thought like somebody's, I mean, granted, it's just kind of like the way that violence is going in the United States and like being a, being a brown woman in America, like who the hell even knows anymore? Um, and, and, um, a big part of it was I also ended up resigning my call. I was a called pastor at a parish and my colleague did not say, face the same repercussions that I did. He's also a white man. Yeah. And the realization of he got to stay in his call. Um, and, and I didn't. Mm. Yeah. But I also knew that that was one of the consequences and that was one of the risks that I was willing to take. I was just getting ready to ask that question too, like why you were doing, putting together this book and going through the thought process and the outline. And, um, I, I wrote a pretty controversial book myself and I had made up my mind to resign before I published the book. I was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to bring too much reproach on the church with this book. And also mm-hmm. I was just tired of all the bullshit and I was on fuck this shit mode too. <laughs> so um, I just want to know uh, as you were putting together the book and as you're coming to the end and getting ready to publish, um, was there anxiety there? Was there like, uh, do I really want to jump off this cliff? Am I really ready for the backlash? Or were you literally already by the time you got, to the end of fuck this shit, you were in fuck this shit mode and you just didn't give a damn. I think the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> uh, all the above. Uh, well, I think part of it was like we had, so I had people pray with me and and pray me out of fuck this shit. Like, don't let me do this. Mm. Um, and I had asked like really close prayer partners to pray me out of it. And it just kept coming back like, you know, every time we pray, just, and every time I prayed, it was just kind of like, I could, it was just this weird resounding yes, which was absolutely terrifying. And the realization of this resounding yes, and going forward with it, and even though it was done digitally, there was still the repercussions of like physically being where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think by that time I had also had already entered into kind of like, I'm just going to do the damn thing. Yeah. Um, because right before fuck this shit, I was really super angry and I published an article called the sanctification of white pussy. Well, damn, oh, you man. already, you already off up in there <laughs> oh, real deep. Man. You know what? Let's go ahead and put Tina in the in the queue for Heretic of the Year. Seriously? Um, yes. Yeah, Absolutely. this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> there and is a terrifying piece that comes with doing something you just cannot relieve yourself. Yeah. I call it yeah. a terrifying piece because mm. you have peace to go forward, mm. but the the terror on the other side of that peace, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I want to hear about this article that you wrote. Yes. And me too. Because that title, I'm, I'm hooked. <laughs> the sanctification so, of it. Um, oh. So this came out after the Inside Hollywood tapes of oh, Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so all of a sudden folks were up in arms about like, we must protect our white daughters. We must protect our white wives. Um, but the realization of nobody gives a shit about brown, brown or black pussy. Mm-hmm. But the minute white pussy comes into play, all of a sudden folks start caring, politicians start caring, like the general public starts caring. And so I just thought like, this is the sanctification of white pussy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And look, the, it, look, it's backed up by statistics. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean, think about when, and this is not, we don't have to get anything too overly racial, but you know, we're living in a racial society, but think about when a white woman comes up missing. Mm-hmm. It, there's, how much there's press a, that gets yep. yes. there is it's an the, actual term the stats for don't missing, lie. missing white woman syndrome yes yep. it's gonna play I mean we still listen listen here by the time my daughter who is 10 years old turned 20 she's still gonna walk by a counter and see a John JonBenet Ramsey goddamn magazine oh, about yeah. John JonBenet Ramsey now yes. god bless her soul rest in peace that little girl but do you know how many you have you ever seen that with a, a little black, black girl? Yeah, can you right. name the famous can black you name one girl that was that was missing? Yeah, remember that? <laughs> no, crickets. You, you, no, you, you ain't gonna be able to name one. You know what I'm saying? And I just think about it. think of it. it's just crazy. It's crazy. So there's this actual like fascinating. I think I can't remember if it's like the Washington Post or the New York Times, but like you can enter your like you can enter your mm-hmm. personal information, oh, I did and this. it will submit back to you like how much news coverage you'll get. Ooh. Wow, it was it was horrifying. Yeah my my stats came up that I would get seven percent of news coverage. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, like if you would so miss, I probably or get like three percent. Yeah, well, because mm-hmm. yeah, what they have you do is you enter your gender, your race, your uh, age, age. age. Uh, I even tinkered with it. I tried because y'all know I I increasingly identify as non-binary, so I tried female versus non-binary with all the rest of it being the same. Uh, and yeah, it's shocking how low the percentage is. That's um, yeah. wow, so sad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then even when even if you were to be covered, we know that there would be such an angle on that coverage, right? It would not be the same as the coverage it would get if it was a white person. Yeah. Look, and the other thing is because somebody had introduced themselves, to, they had come up to me at a conference and said, "You're the fuck girl from fuck this shit," not like in other yeah, yeah, I got it. instances. <laughs> but like my like that's how it would be covered in the news, yeah. like the fuck right. girl is missing, and then like, yes. and then nothing. Yes. Yeah, and like, oh, okay, well, yeah. hope y'all find her. She had it coming. <laughs> there you go. Basically, she was that's right. Well, yeah, she was asking for it, writing a book like that. You no, know, they will say it's the judgment of the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You have yeah. God has visited you <sighs> for oh, your gosh. sins <laughs> with great wrath and furious anger. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let me let me let me ask you this. How did you get from, first of all, you, you, you gave us a term before that you were a, a Ludu. Did I get that right? You did. You did. Okay. Got to make sure I get that right. Uh, so how, how, how did you come from being a practicing Hindu to a Lutheran to a fuck this shit and I'm writing an article about the sanctification of white pussy. It's a long ravine, it's a long deep ditch and valley and mountain that you have traveled across, sis and I'm just trying to figure out how we got over here. How we get over here? Well, (laughs) we got there. 
because the I firmly believe that God and the Tridevi, uh, the Trinitarian of goddesses in Hinduism, mm -hmm. have an amazing sense of humor. <laughs> I was born in a Lutheran medical center. Uh -huh. <laughs> wow. I was born in a Lutheran medical center, so my first breath mm -hmm. is because of the frickin' Lutherans. <laughs> that, that rich Lutheran air. That's, yep. <laughs> Look, ain't God good, won't he do it? <laughs> and he did it. God did it. She did yeah. it. They did it. All of them. Oh, my gosh. And so, yeah, that's actually where it started. I was born in a Lutheran medical center. I wasn't even supposed to be born there. It was on the other side of town, but it's just where my mom's OBGYN was. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, so I it mean, was preordained? It was, it was Calvinistic in yes. its roots. That is very yes. troubling to me. Mm. <laughs> yes. It was You are a chosen generation, Tina. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I was born in a Lutheran medical center. So it started for my very first day of, ex like, my first day of, like, breathing outside of my mother's body. Um, and then kind of like this very sheltered, like I knew three other Hindus in the world, um, my mom, my dad, and my brother. Because mm -hmm. you God, grew up in the I grew up in Denver. No. No, grew, you grew up in Denver. I grew up in Denver, right. Colorado, where there was no like South Asian population really. Mm -hmm. wow. And so, um, you know, this is a story. The gods lived in a linen closet. Right. Because that's where the puja space was. It was in a linen closet. Um, so yeah, my gods lived in a closet growing up. Can I ask why they were, were they in the closet? Because your parents were afraid of what visitors might think if they saw it like sitting out in the open? Or did you just, would you have done that anyway? No, it's their home. Okay. All right. So like, kind of like they lived in the closet because there, there was an open and a shut door. Okay. And so there was a time where you could open the door and the gods would be awake during the day and open to like interact and interface. Um, but then also you treat the gods with respect and you close the door when the day is over. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like a morning and evening ritual as well. So it's not just like you open the door, you shut the door. Um, yeah. In, that, my fam in my family in India, they're in the root cellar because mm -hmm. people come in and out of there all day, but there's a door you can close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so there's these traditions where you start your day in prayer and that you open your house and you open up your life and you open up everything to the gods. And then as the day comes to an end, you close your day in prayer and in scripture. And then as you are going to bed, then you let the gods rest. Mm, so the gods lived in my house. Hey, that's that's very convenient. <laughs> and so how did you get than most of us? So how did you get from the Hindu piece of it to the Lutheran piece of it? How did that get? Um, how did that creep its way into your and not just Lutheran, like ordained? Or, yeah, Lutheran. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's you jumped so in cool. all the way up to your waist. Yeah, you. Yeah, you didn't just sort of like sit in the back pew. You were like, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. I uh, boy, howdy. Um, <laughs> so I didn't have a really great. Um, kind of experience of Christians as a practicing Hindu as a child growing up in Denver, Colorado, because um, just kind of like folks would ask if I had been saved and I'd be like, from what? And as a, you know, as a fourth grader, as a nine-year-old, like, I don't understand this. Like, I know God is real. So like, 
the divine is very real to me. The di- like I understand like the concepts of like God and like there is a God and like there are deities. Um, but this whole thing of like this Christian God and like being saved. And so I, as an, you know, being asked that as a fourth grader, I'm like, I don't saved. I don't understand. And like how, yeah, like, I mean, I'm a little brown girl in America. Like there's some shit I need to be saved from. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I don't understand this concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so when I'm, (laughs) My senior year of high school, I moved to rural South Carolina. And mm. so that's where I got my whole kind of like, I know what I need to be saved from. I need to be saved from Christians who are trying to save me. <laughs> yeah. Because this is, this is, this is like, this is like highly inappropriate boundaries. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is like, I need you out of my face and out of my space. And mm-hmm. it's like, Sure, like your intentions are good, but are they for me or are they for you? Right. That part. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah. And so I just, when I moved to South Carolina, I was just like, I had gone to church with a friend. And so like, like the preview of like the Easter sermon was like, I'm going to tell you that God is real. And I'm like, and I'm just like, I want, I want to eat this up. I want to hear how God is real. And essentially the sermon was just kind of like how biker dudes are of the devil. And I'm like, how do you know? Did you ask the biker dudes? They could very well be practicing Christians. They could be Buddhists. Like, how do you even know that like you didn't ask them about their spiritual life? And so I just got really pissed leaving that church because I'm like, this is really super judgmental. And y'all are like claiming to be like good, open-hearted people and like welcoming everybody. But I think you're welcoming the people that you want to welcome and that the people that you see that are on the external, like you want to keep them external. Mm -hmm. And so like, I just left that sermon on that Easter Sunday, like Christ is not risen in me. Mm -hmm. I will tell you what, if Christ Mm -hmm. is risen, Christ is risen somewhere else. And Christ, I don't think is in this church. Mm -hmm. You've been Um, pissed for a long time. You've been pissed off for a long time. And I still can't figure out how you became an ordained Lutheran. I am still trying to figure that out too, to be entirely (laughs) honest. They've been getting on your nerves since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, So how did you make peace with these people? How did you decide, well, maybe I'll, I can't beat them. I'll join them. So what ended up happening was that I was studying for a marketing test my sophomore year of college. And my friend's like, are you hungry? And it's like, yes, I am hungry. She's like, do you want to go with me? Like, let's go get dinner. And I'm like, great, let's go get dinner. And she's like, there's a free dinner at my church. And I'm like, hell no. Right. Uh, Here you go. See? Yeah. And so she was like, look, if anybody gives you, this was a quote from her. She's like, if anybody gives you any shit, I will beat the crap out of them. And I was like, sold. Yeah. And you so, probably just no, wanted to see a fight. You just knew somebody was going to give you some shit. You just knew. Like, you went I know out of Christians. spite. I know how this you is going to You went out of spite. She's like, okay, let's go. Or, and, and, and if it's a free dinner, they might have popcorn where I could just sit there. Right. And snack right? on my popcorn watching this fight go down. So I, I go to this church with her and I'm expecting like, I'm expecting like, hallelujah, Jesus is risen, but he ain't here. Mm-hmm. Right. So I go to this church the pastor welcomes me. Dun, 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 I didn't dun, freeze. It just <laughs> dramatic yeah. effect. Dramatic effect. Okay. The pastor like, welcomes. Yeah. Like the pastor welcomes me and he's like, I am not out to convert you. And I was like, what? 
Like you could, it's kind of like that Winona Ryder gif where like all these math equations are flying through her head and she's trying to make sense of this. And so I'm like, this pastor who's not out to convert me, I don't understand what is happening. And so I think he could kind of see the look on my face of like, I don't believe you. Mm. And he's like, no, come hang out with us. Like, we are not out to convert you. Just have a meal and come hang. And I was like, okay, but if if this doesn't work, I'm out. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I went back every week for the next three years. Wow. wow. Because he wasn't out to convert me. He was like, just yeah. come hang with us. And I was like, okay, cool. And then, it, and then it was actually hanging out. And I went to this white mm-hmm. elephant gift exchange at the church. And the most treasured prize at that white elephant gift exchange was this massive pair of granny panties. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't understand because I also thought that all Christians were prudes. Right. Mm. And so I'm seeing like everybody get excited about this pair of granny panties going around and that the campus pastor, like he ends up with a bar of soap that's shaped like a sperm. And and that he was joking about like, well, my my roommate's really going to love this for like the campus ministry conference. And I'm just like, my mind like was just completely blown at that point because I'm like, you're not prudes. There's mm. sperm soap that the campus pastor now has and is proud to show to people. <laughs> Who are these people? They pass around draws. Yep. Right. <laughs> and, and that they are coveted. That is the coveted item from the White Elephant Gift Exchange that people are trying to like figure out how to get the pair of granny panties. Right. And I'm just like, I just feel like I have been transported to some alternative universe because I am like, these are not Christians. If they're like exchanging granny panties and like this bar of soap that's flying around. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here. And so like my reality was becoming like deconstructed Mm. of like the, like the impression that I had of Christians. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just kind of like, whoa, y'all are like actual people. Like yeah. with beautiful, complicated lives that actually care about other people and not just like your own, like whatever you need to be saved from or salvation or whatever. Like mm. you actually care about community. You care about the world. I don't understand. And you're Christian. So how is this happening? <laughs> and then I graduated from college and I didn't go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met, um, I met a lovely human at a 3rd of July keg party in South Carolina and then we got engaged two years later. Okay. Oh, we were also designated drivers at this keg party, just FYI. Okay. Good. I love, like, when people in the church are like, how did you meet your spouse? It's like at a 3rd of July keg party. And I love to see the reaction on church people's faces <laughs> when I tell them that, because it's tr- it's also true. I mean, we met yeah. at a 3rd of July keg party. But, um, yeah, so um, met this lovely human at a 3rd of July keg party, and uh, we get engaged a couple of years later, and... Um, his parents are like, well, we won't tell anyone you're getting married until you book the church. And I was like, you're Christian. Oh, 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 no. Oh. And so I was like, okay, I've learned that there are different flavors of Christian. What flavor are you? And he's like, I'm Lutheran. And I was like, what? Oh my God. I used to hang with the Lutherans. (laughs) So I call up the Lutheran pastor. Who's like, I'm not out to convert you. And I was like, hey, do you remember me? And he's like, I actually do. Um, 
because it's also um, the most the widest denomination in the United States. So not a lot of people <laughs> of color come passing through those well, doors. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the pastor's like, yeah, I actually do remember who you are. We don't get many Hindus that come through our doors. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm getting married and I'm marrying a Lutheran. Like, can you help us out? And so he's like, I will help you out. But remember, I'm not out to convert you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks for that reminder. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is he's like, so if you get married in the church, I don't just like marry people and like send them on their way. Like this church is a community of people. Like it's not just a church. It's like a community. There's a group of people here um, and they would love to support you in your marriage and not just on the day of your wedding, but like as you're preparing for your wedding and after you're married. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, what does that entail? And he's like, well, I would really love for you to come to worship. And I was like, do I need to do things? (laughs) And he was like, no, you can actually just sit in the back. And I was like, okay, cool. I can do that. So I sat in the back and I had a legal pad. So I write down all of my questions and all of my observations. And that we met for coffee once a week. And I was like, why is Good Friday Good Friday? Why don't you have Bibles in the pews? Why do you keep standing and sitting? What's with all the singing? Um, <laughs> why why do people say some things and not other things? Why do they why is it only the pastors who preach? Like, what's with the communion? Like what's actually happening in that thing space do lolly? Um And so I just like asked him every single question that like came to mind that showed up on that legal pad. It was great. Awesome. Awesome. And he, and he answered the questions honestly. And there was a lot of instances where he was like, I don't know, we've just always done it that way. And now I need to figure out why we do it that way. Right. And I loved that honesty. Like I loved that he was willing to say, I don't know. That's great. Because I think like I had met so many Christians who were like, I'm going to hell because I know you. And it's like, holy shit, snacks. I don't want to know your God. Mm-hmm. Um, or they know everything. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, and if you know that you're going to hell because you like became friends with me or like, you know me, shouldn't you have known beforehand to have not befriended me? I if your God is like dragging me along in your drama. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand how, how do I go to hell by being friend with friends with someone who's not a Christian? Like, that that's the most unchristian thing I think I've ever heard someone say. It's like, look, I did not sign you up for this shit. That's yeah. on you. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. That is on you. That is not on me. Don't put your like weird, bad, like issues of like, I don't know about this whole Christianity thing. Like I am not your goat. I guess their friendship is like aiding and abetting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. <laughs> By I mean, not actively trying this. to convert you all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of Baptists who would feel guilty about the fact that Mm -hmm. uh, they let another opportunity go by that Mm -hmm. they didn't warn you about the dangers of being. I am not your stupid opportunity. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so like how I ended up becoming an ordained Lutheran pastor, like I am still trying to figure that out. I swear to God, I met the Holy Spirit in church. I thought the roof was going to blow off the church. I met the Holy Spirit in a church on a Sunday. And, like, I still find that to be, like, a very rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and so, amazing. like, I am worshiping, and I am minding my own business, and, like, all of a sudden this hymn is being sung, and I'm, like, I feel, like, like the I I feel this, like, presence that I have never felt in my life, and I'm just, like, oh, shit, God is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. I am so screwed. <laughs> yeah. But in that moment, you didn't discover that bikers were actually the devil, right? Funny. Yeah. Like, I felt like the most, like, small, like, I felt like the tiniest little, like, 
speck of dust in the universe. Mm. But at that same time, I felt like the most loved speck yeah. of dust in the yeah. universe. Yeah. And I just still marvel at like, how did this happen? Hmm. And it like, and from that moment, it even took a couple years for me to be baptized because I'm like, that wasn't real. It's like, no, bitch, that was real. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think like God swears at me sometimes too. Like that's just how Hmm. God talks to me. And I talk to God and God's cool with it. Hmm. Um. And so it's just kind of like, you know, trying to talk myself out of it. Like that wasn't real. And then I hear like, bitch, it was real. Oh, it was yeah. really real. It's real. Yeah, and so like, yeah. And so like I got baptized a couple of years after that because like I was so freaked out. Um, and I got baptized because I had like my weird kind of like Ethiopian eunuch moment because I'm like, what's to prevent me from being baptized? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I get baptized, and then the next week, the pastor who presided over my baptism is like, you should go to seminary. And the words out of my mouth immediately after that were like, you need to take that and shove it up your ass. Mm. And he remembered Too that soon. on his de- – Yeah, well, and so, like, he died my last year of seminary, and he remembered that on his deathbed. He was actually oh. telling that story from his deathbed wow. of, like, remember what you told me when I told you to go to seminary? You told me to shove that up my ass. And I'm like, please don't let these people laugh. Now look at you now. Die. Yeah. But eventually you did. You finally did change your mind. I did change did. my mind after a lot of, like, I accidentally went to Fuller Seminary for a year and a half. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um actually that it really actually going to fuller was not a bad like it was really awkward and there was like a lot of things that were like because that was like when uh prop eight was being voted on oh, and so like yeah. oh it was a weird place to be yeah um i think like fuller also really um affirmed a lot of stuff for me of like i need to be in the church I still don't know why it has to be the Lutheran church. Mm. I'm still asking God that of like, God, why the ELCA? Because like my brother, uh, my brother who's like, so he's a practicing Hindu because my mom makes him be, but he's just kind of like more like, what else? I mean, like, it's kind of weird though. Cause like I did take him to church with me once And it was actually, like, a really good sermon about, like, social justice and, like, Jesus, like, called us to, like, you know, (laughs) care for the orphan, the the sojourner, and the widow. And my brother's like, oh, that God sounds really cool. Where's he been? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I hear that. I, I, that is a totally valid question. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um. Yeah, I still ask God, like, my brother is like, you are not, God did not put you here to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so this is actually where I want to just, before we ask the very last question, just something I want to acknowledge is like, you know, part of the reason I, I remember you talking about when you launched that fuck this shit devotional, part of part of the point you were making is the prophets in the Hebrew Bible spoke in harsh, profane, very direct terms that we have been trained to not see um, in the text. But in some ways, this was reclaiming what the prophetic voice actually looked like. And I feel like throughout your ministry, throughout the time I've known you, you've shown up in ministry in ways that have been 
really creative, really evocative, really welcoming of people who don't feel welcome in the space and alienating of people who feel too comfortable in the space. So I feel like in addition to that devotional, in addition to the articles you've written, um, I've seen you be a part of, we did a Good Friday service in front of the courthouse where we put red our hands into red paint and put them on the walls of the courthouse saying, showing that we were still implicated in what was going on. Um, and that on this good Friday, the body of Christ was black and we were all culpable for his death. I've seen you do all of these kind of actions to push folks. I'm remembering when you were pushed, pressured into running for Bishop. Um, and would you mind just very briefly, cause I know we have to wrap up, but do you remember that you're like one sentence, uh, proposal for what you would do as bishop that i would abolish the office of bishop awesome <laughs> you got my vote exactly so i feel I'm like that should you be... did not get the job <laughs> and there's the pity because uh it ended up being a shit show uh that particular year that's neither here nor there yeah but shonda there's actually something that you did mention about the liturgical action that i do actually want to talk about on heretic happy hour that like because it scared it scared me to death like it actually yeah. really terrified me because i fully prepared myself for being arrested um yeah. and also very terrified of being brown and a woman and arrested in oakland mm -hmm. california and so oh, yeah. that just it absolutely scared me to death and so one of the other things that also like really terrified me. And I think Shonda, I had shared this with you that um, I remember like, it's one thing to talk the game, mm -hmm. but it's another thing to embody it. And yep. it's actually not a game because people's lives are at stake. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so what I remember is that like the person who spoke before me at this Good Friday service put his hands in the red paint and then them on himself. That's right. And I was like, I really wrestled with that mm -hmm. because I was after him and I talked about the history of anti-blackness in Asian populations mm -hmm. and how Asians and Asian Americans are incredibly culpable. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember sticking my hands in that paint and I remember looking at my hands and just really being terrified. And I remember thinking to myself, Tuhina, if you actually believe this, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. And instead of putting my hands on myself, which would be the safe space to put them, because I would just be walking around with red handprints on me, and that's fine, I put them on the courthouse. Um, because the real is, and had my picture taken with my hands on the courthouse, mm -hmm. because Evidence. it's like, it's proof, <laughs> it's, proof. it's evidence yeah. that I, I defaced property in the city of Oakland mm -hmm. voluntarily. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking it's like, if I put my hands on myself, then I'm actually communicating to me, but I'm also subliminally communicating to other people that private property is more important than black lives. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I think like, I think part of it is like, I know that there's a, there's still a ridiculous amount of work that I have to do to dismantle the anti-blackness that has been programmed into my bones. And that will be my, you know, that is a life's work. And I invite people on that journey with me yeah. because I think like that is why this work is so goddamn important mm -hmm. um, and that this work has to be embodied because it's like it, it, I think it's, 
I also think that it's amazing, like for what folks can do for social media activism, because I think that is incredibly necessary. I think it's incredibly important, but I also think that like, you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. It needs to be an embodied practice. That's right. Yeah. And that's that there's right. different ways of embodying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at that point in, in that point for me, it had to be that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Tahina, this has been so amazing. And I'm, I know our listeners are like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, and so if, I love that you talked about going on this journey that you're on. If there are people who are listening who are like, I want to go on this journey with Tahina, how can they connect with you? How can they find you? Um, you know, what are the places they can connect with you? Um, just let, let us know uh, how to connect. Um, so one of the exciting things that I'm doing in these days um, I have a very peculiar call to the North Carolina Synod of the ELCA. I am the theologian in residence. And part of that call, I don't know what that means. So just like, don't be like, oh, that sounds so cool. It's like, I know, right? I don't know what I do. Um, But I know part of what I do. Um, I work as one of the digital curators for the Anamkara digital community. And so that can be found on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I don't know what the handles are. So just type in Anam Kara community. <laughs> My God, I'm so bad at like advertising the work that I do. Um, I'm on Medium. And so if you want to see the history of the Fuck This Shit devotional and how that evolved into Shut the Hell Up. And it was also like there was a Lent Light devotional um, for Fuck This Shit. So that is all on my Medium page, uh, awesome. which is at TV Rash. Um, at TV Rash is also my Twitter handle. It is also my Insta handle. It is also my God help me TikTok handle. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. My TikTok is actually nothing but like squirrels and birds oh, um, and, and being a geriatric millennial. Um, <laughs> and it's also my Facebook username, TV Rash. So um, I try to just use one name because I can't remember all these things. That's great. That's excellent. Well, I wish I had a book, but I don't. Well, oh, actually, I mean, I like I've contributed, bo- I've, I've contributed to books. And so like Race in America, the church responds. Uh-huh. Um, Great. So like the second edition of that, I wrote the chapter on social media and um, and American politics. And so Excellent. it's a little it's a little dated, but I'm still pretty proud of that work. Very good. Awesome. Very, very good. Well, we're going to go check you out, follow you on all those different places. And cheer you on. Thank you for what you're doing. Keep doing it. Uh, You're inspiring. Proud to be a heretic. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Wow, that was amazing. Tuhina, she's an incredible person. Uh, Yeah. And um, here's the thing. We we did that interview so long ago, I actually at this moment cannot remember everything we talked about. I just remember the general sense of thinking, wow, she was really cool. (laughs) Tuhina's a badass. And also now that we're having this conversation, I deeply regret that we didn't ask her about reincarnation because she and I both share those Hindu roots and she would have had some cool stuff to say. So we should have her back sometime. Yeah, that's a good idea. Definitely worth having her back on. So since we're on the subject of, well, not reincarnation, but ghosts and what ghosts are, um, let's... Let's have a conversation about what are our ghost theories? What's our theology of ghosts? Uh, what's a ghost? What's a soul? Uh, what's interdimensional? Hmm. Where are y'all on this? Because we t- shared our stories in the last episode. Um, how do we make sense of them? 
Uh, I'm working through this in my mind, but I would say that ghost is a is a combination between inspiration and imagination, mm-hmm. and um, because it could be something that's inspired either by this is owning my opinion and my thoughts, and I'm not totally set on it, but this is what I'm working myself through. It could be inspired by good energy or bad energy. It could be inspired by um, someone who has gone on. Um, I think it could also be inspired by someone who is not yet here. I know that sounds strange, but I've seen stories of folks that like had visions of their children before they were born or visions of their spouse before they were born. I mean, before they met them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be inspired by past present and future life and why the reason why i say imagination is because um i think sometimes we imagine we could we we are we shape what we heard saw thought we saw thought we heard experienced by whatever our imagination comes up with to make it make sense if that makes sense we we try to rationalize it so Mm Um, our minds might create a narrative or a visual for what we experience to make it make sense to us. So like I said, I'm working through it, but I think it could be a combination between those things, inspiration and imagination and, um, whatever those energies are, those present, those, that, that present is like, I remember hearing a story or watching a documentary or something on a, a lady who she dreamed about a child. She couldn't have children and they eventually eventually. Uh, I don't know all the details. This is a long time ago. They eventually ended up adopting a child and the child that she had saw in her dream was this child that they adopted, never mm-hmm. met the child before. So I think, um, you know, and that could be a different thing like other than ghosts, but we're talking about supernatural in general. So I, that's why I say it could be inspired by past, mm-hmm. present, or even the future or ancestors mm-hmm. or any any of those things. Mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. It's funny. I'm only now realizing that uh, my perceptions on the distinctions between those two things, uh, between like a ghost and a soul or a ghost and a spirit, is shaped profoundly by uh, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Uh, really, <laughs> like the only ghost story I've ever really liked. Um, and and it's interesting because I wasn't thinking about it until just now that they have both in that book, right? There are ghosts and the way ghosts are described. And I think I like this concept insofar as, you know, I'm not super, this is maybe our version of heresy. I'm not super interested in ghosts as a concept. I just don't want to think about them. I don't want to invite them in. I don't want to hang out with them. I don't know whether I believe in them and I just don't want to spend time with them anyhow. Um, And I recognize the logical inconsistency of that, but I love the, um, I love the idea of, ghosts being the spirits of people who still have work to do right Mm -hmm. um so so in a christmas carol the ghosts are by and large people who failed in life and are cursed to spend the rest of their lives um making either making things right or living with the consequences Uh I don't know if anybody who listens to this show is still a fan of C.S. Lewis, but I really loved the book, The Great Divorce, which is about, um, yeah, which is about that in-between place, uh, purgatory, that place in between um, earth and heaven for people who haven't ended up in 
and I don't believe in hell, but for people who haven't ended up in hell, but still have things to resolve. And it's actually not that different. I wonder if he was cribbing Charles Dickens, because it's really not that different from ghosts. It's people who can't yet put to rest the yeah. things that troubled them in life and therefore they can't move on. Um, that said, we, we had said this was a, re, a non-researched um, episode of the show, but I want to drop some knowledge, which is that this notion of hungry ghosts, which exists in a lot of Asian traditions, uh, shows up in Japan and Korea and India and Thailand, comes out of Hinduism, Taoism, Buddhism. Um, and it's a very different notion of what a ghost is. It's people who did bad in this world or experienced bad and spend the rest of eternity beyond the grave seeking to get their emotional needs met in kind of animalistic ways. They're demon-like creatures um, and they are insatiable, right? They cannot be filled. So I think that that's a different understanding of a ghost. And the ghosts I've been warned about um, have often been ones whose needs will never get met. Mm -hmm. So in some ways they're kind of evoking this much more ancient notion uh, of the hungry ghost, the ghost who will never get its needs met and will cause harm in the process of seeking to do so. That kind of sounds like hell though, right? If they go on for a turn, I mean, it's like the ghosts from Pirates of the Caribbean, that movie. Oh like, yeah. It's like they're not dead, not alive, but they don't taste anything, but they're always trying to get something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the same idea. That's, that's a fucked up punishment existence. though. Yeah. I read the ghost bride novel where I think it's in Chinese culture. A woman can become betrothed uh -huh. to someone who's died and like literally she marries their ghost. Like kind of a similar Ooh. world worldview, I guess. That is a super smart loophole. Okay, yeah. so Shonda, it's it's not a punishment. Is it more like um like you're you're right. perpetually stuck on the wheel of Nara samsara? It's more like you were an asshole in life, you're gonna keep being an asshole. How dare you say that about me, Sean? I mean, <laughs> she fits, man. <laughs> Woo! Shit. Jeez. Shots fired. <laughs> so, I mean, is it is it sort of like car? I mean, like some sort of karmic situation? It's not. It's really like, it's it's not the punishment of never getting their needs met. It's they are so greedy. They are so, um, yeah, they're, it's like Donald Trump, except into perpetuity, right? Like there's never going to be enough. Oh God. You just um, gave me a horrible thought. Yeah. yeah well, uh, hungry ghosts are not to be fucked with. Yeah. Even after he's dead, we're still going to have to deal with Trump. Oh God. Oh yeah. He's yeah. definitely not vibrating on a higher plane anytime soon. But You're totally that's right. actually going to happen. We're going to deal with him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he happen. already is a hungry ghost and we just yes. didn't realize. I think you're right. <laughs> so my I get my two cents is that I think we're talking about a bunch of different phenomena, um, all of which are are super possible and real and past, present, future, etc. I think when I talk about a ghost, I think it's mostly a psychic resonance of a trauma or a traumatic life that gets left behind and is unresolved. 
Um, on, I, I hear a lot of people talk about like spirits that won't move on, spirits that don't cross over, or they kind of get left behind. I think that's maybe that happens. I think it's relatively rare. Um, I don't think the world is sort of just like walking around with soul. Well, there's just sort of souls who who haven't gone on to the next place. Um, although I'm not I'm not saying it never happens, but it, um, people worry about that a lot. I want to sort of put those. I don't have that particular fear, um, but I think like ghost energy is often um, the result of trauma. And so I, um, I guess I'm drawing a big distinction mm-hmm. between ghost energy and ancestor energy and future life energy. Um, I think they're all part of the same matrix of like stuff we don't understand. Uh, but those scary ghost stories everyone was describing... <laughs> I don't think that's a future descendant coming back to give you comfort. That's a scary, (laughs) that's a scary trauma that happened and, or something, um, right. We don't always know what it is. So that's my like two cents as of, as of now, but that's a terminology thing, not a, not a discounting anything mm -hmm. else thing, just a, what I call what. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I agree with you, Katie, too, as, as everybody was talking about their theories too, I, um, I think you almost have to take it on a case by case basis. And I, so I think there's a spectrum of these kinds of experiences where in maybe in some cases, maybe like, let's say, let's say on, on one extreme end, it's your imagination going a little crazy. You're convincing yourself of something that didn't happen. Then maybe the next one is like, it's uh it's one of those, like, um, what do they call them? Like when you're half awake, half asleep kind of dream kind of things is I've had that happen to me where it seems so freaking real you are awake, but you can't move, but your brain is still in this kind of creative dream mode and you're dreaming something that you're seeing and experiencing that isn't really there. I have had that very intense, but I don't think that was a ghost. I think it was just one of those experiences. But then, like I said, last episode, I have had experiences that were not that, that you know, it, it was, I wasn't paralyzed. It wasn't anything like that. I was, wasn't even asleep. Um, and I was experiencing things like that. And we all had stories like that. Um, sometimes I think it could be, um, like literally someone who died and it's unresolved something where they're not ready to move on yet. And they have some unfinished business or something. They they're, they're trying to resolve something. Um, sometimes I think it could be like in December was saying, and even her, if you remember her, her, one of her stories about the big shadowy figure that was standing in the laundry room, maybe that is something demonic. Like we, we call it demonic, but what I mean is like that there are spiritual beings and some are good and some are bad. So angels would be the good ones. Demons would be the bad ones. But in the same way, there are human beings that are good and human beings that are bad, that there would be spiritual beings that would also fall into those those various categories. Um, and then on to, like, I love Matthew's idea, because I've had this thought as well, too, that what it is when people sometimes are encountering what they think is a ghost it, that it actually could be scientifically, we know there are different dimensions lying on, you know, stacked on top of each other all around us all the time that it could be energy or, you know, a person's energy from another dimension kind of bleeding over into our dimension. And that's what we're experiencing. Um, and it's a momentary experience and then it goes away. But I wanted to say something specifically to what Katie just said about, um, you know, whether or not it's people that died and that have unresolved stuff. And, and so, there, there's one of those examples that is one of my favorite stories of this kind of thing. And I was watching this documentary several couple, couple of years ago, and it was about these um, Japanese taxi drivers and these ghosts. So it was it was right after 
the uh, remember the Fukushima um, tsunami that happened, right? What what was that? Eight or nine years ago. Um, that devastating flood. It flooded that whole city, you know, and there was the Fukushima nuclear reactor that, you know, went crazy. So anyway, lots of people died, lots of homes destroyed. So like about a month or well, a few weeks, I guess, or to a month after it happened and they were kind of in the phase of rebuilding. Multiple. I mean, we're talking like eight or nine, maybe 10 different, different uh, Japanese taxi drivers reported picking up um, you know, people would, uh, someone would flag them down. The person will be soaking wet. They get in the back. They would give them an address to go to. They would drive to that address and that, that house would had been destroyed. It wasn't there anymore. And the person would have these various reactions like, am I dead? Or where's my house? Or things like that. And then when they turn around and look in the back seat, there'd be nobody there. Now, the reason why I believe that, here's why I think those are credible. Because it was different ones. It wasn't like the same guy over and over again. It was like, you know, like eight or nine different ones. And here's the thing about it. They have to pay for that fare out of their own pockets. So it, why would they make up that story where they didn't collect the money? It's like it, it doesn't benefit them in any way. So the fact that it was happening over and over again to so many different taxi drivers, and again, th for them to have picked up a fare, driven them across town, and you know not collected the money comes out of their out of their paycheck. So that was like, well, you can't. I can't imagine they were all making this up and paying money, you know, for the story because didn't didn't benefit them. So those kind of stories were really, really amazing. Like when I heard those different and, and the documentary I saw, they interviewed the actual. Uh, taxi drivers and they're telling the stories and you're like, damn, like this is pretty crazy. So again, I, I am actually a skeptic when it comes to this kind of stuff. Believe it or not, I really am. Um, but once in a while I come across things like that. That's like, well, to me, that's hard to, to discount that. It's hard to dismiss that. So maybe in some cases it is, maybe in some cases people die suddenly or with some kind of trauma or unresolved emotion and they're just not ready to move on. Um, and maybe they need help moving on. So I don't know. So yeah, for me, it's like uh, I'm a skeptic on individual stories like this, but I always leave room for the unknown, right? So in like in like the traditional definition of fairy tales, a part of it is there's always the um, leaving room for the unexplainable or the unknown, the the things that are enigmas in the in the that. That we can't really explain, and there's always this level. And Keith, you'll appreciate this, given your uh, shameless plug, your book, uh, Solo Mysterium. I think there's always room in the universe, some some sort of mystery. Sure. And so, like, if I say something like, "Oh, this is bullshit," blah blah blah, uh, I just mean like, probably I would guess most of the time, most people's stories, I I I I don't, I wouldn't say they're complete bullshit. It's just for me, like, I don't. I don't believe him or I don't believe him. I, I I don't do believe him and I don't don't believe him. I just like Shonda said it earlier. I don't think about it. I, I like I'm not this isn't this. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's so I wouldn't like discredit like December. <laughs> you're you're like I wouldn't discredit what you saw in the corner. That scary ass thing. I just don't want to think about that shit. And I don't want to have to have an explanation. I don't want to try to tell you what it is or what it isn't. Because honestly, like there's just there's enough going on, like in the world that I do know about that I focus on that I definitely leave room for all that kind of stuff. But a part of it is that I don't want to say what something might be or might not be or is or isn't when I don't have any data or information to explain it. It's all just kind of a mystery. And so 
for me, like I leave this, like even reincarnation, like I would say, yeah, I, I, I probably believe in something like reincarnation, but I have no way to explain it. So I don't really talk about it. I probably do believe in something like what we might say a spirit or a ghost or whatever in some sort of, I leave room for it, yeah. but I, but I'm not going to write a book about it or, or even an article or, um, <laughs> because I just don't know. And I don't want to just talk out my ass and I don't want to discredit people's experiences, but I also have been around long enough to know, Keith, why would people lie? Cause people lie. I don't know. Yeah. So fucking some people just lie. Yeah. That's just the way I've known people and who just they get made elected shit to up. Public audience, uh, office. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, why would someone lie? I don't know. Have you met George Santos? I haven't, yeah. but I'm pretty sure he's lying. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> about I, I, whatever I, he's saying. About whatever the hell he's saying. Anything he says. If he opens yeah. up. Some but people I think, fucking but, lie. But, but, but see, in the back of, I was going to go back to that Japanese taxi driver thing. It's like, if it was one guy, I'd say, yeah, that guy's full of shit. He he just had a guy jump on him, jump jump out of the car and didn't pay him. And so he's explaining to his boss, it was a ghost. But it was like, there's 10 of them. And there's like multiple drivers. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm just saying some people do. I, uh, yes. That might be a true story. And that's wild. And yeah. and it's, it, I have nothing to, I have no, I have no reference to even explain what that is. Like I wouldn't right. have, I have no comments. Like, oh shit. Uh, I maybe. actually, yeah, no, I feel you so hard on this, Matt, because my boo is obsessed with horror stories and is so sad not to be able to, oh, sorry, Katie. Um, and is so sad not to be able to share those with me. And I'm like, I am, I am trying to figure out the climate crisis. Like that's the scariest shit I can put on my plate right now. I do not add, right. need to add scariness to my life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so I don't, I don't walk around thinking about ghosts, you know, all the time uh, either, despite what I do. It's actually really not part of my <laughs> repertoire. But it's one of those things where if you can ignore it, that's great. But some people are going to get to a point where they cannot ignore it. Right. When you start having like bizarre experiences, oh. if it's in your house all the time. So like you some people are in a situation where they're like not given an option, um, but to pay attention yeah. to what's happening. Now, like, and I do know people whose um, houses are on, that's the right way to say it, like their houses are on land that where weird shit happens. And it may not be ghosts, oh, yeah. but it's all sorts of different kinds of energy. And like, they're like, I either have to not sleep or figure out a way to deal with it too, you know? And so like, I'm glad we have mm -hmm. some sensitive people who can um, help make sense of all of this. Cause like, I wouldn't know how to help them particularly um mm -hmm. like one of my teachers was like you cannot sage a ghost away like sage is not going to help <laughs> if it's a if it's a true ghost or true that kind of energy you, there's like you have to do other things uh right so it's also knowing the right um remedy for the right problem yeah i, I think i'm kind of in the same boat as matt um i know we don't sound like we we're in the same boat but um i mean i think my my default position is sort of this analytical skeptical mind when it comes to things like this, usually like reincarnation and ghosts and all that stuff, honestly. Um, but once in a while, if I encounter something that's like, well, that, that kind of gets through the filter, like, but some of this is like hard to uh, dismiss, you know, and like, well, yeah, so at least I can put it in the maybe category. I, I, I would say even, even, so again, there, there have been examples of like reincarnation. There have been examples of ghost stories and these kind of things where I can't dismiss them, or at least I can't find a way to dismiss them. They seem like, wow, then that, that could, maybe that's real. 
but but when I even when I'm putting some of those examples of ghost stories and reincarnation or whatever it happens to be supernaturally into the maybe category, it doesn't make me walk around then and say I'm a reincarnationist. I believe I believe reincarnation is the way everybody it's it is the thing that's true and real and it's it's what's going to happen. Like I, I'm still like well maybe in some in some cases or at least in this case, but I don't know if everybody I don't know if I'm going to be reincarnated necessarily. I don't think I have been, but maybe I have. I don't know. It's it's still in the maybe category for me. Um, even again, if there's exceptions that make me think, well, it could be. I, I, none of those things push me to the edge of like, this is totally always real. And you know what I mean? I never, I've never gotten to that place of like absolute, I'm all in on, on these things. I think, I think it's going to, that your level of belief or um, skepticism about this kind of topic is going to be based on your personal experience for everyone, right? So mm-hmm. if you yeah. if you haven't ever experienced that, you're gonna be like, ah, that's a bunch of bullshit, or you know. But if you have, you're like, no, dude, that that shit is real. That's real. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm completely like ten toes down on that shit is real. Now some of that stuff, like Matt said earlier, does invite bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, people that will try to um, exploit something yeah. that is real that they know is real, but they know that they could use it against people. Um, there's a biblical example of this. Uh, I don't. I, it's in one of the four gospels. There was a girl that the the guys had this little girl who was a she could. I guess she could see the future. Or she could do whatever she was doing. She had some kind of gift, and she was going around and she was saying, "These are the." Do y'all know the story I'm talking about? These are yes, the I men do. of God. These are something, something, something. Mm-hmm. And um, here's the interesting thing. She was saying the truth, but it wasn't with the right motive or spirit or whatever. And I don't know if it was Peter or one of them turned around and cast a demon out of this girl. She couldn't do it anymore. And then her little handlers was complaining because they're like, dude. We were making money off her. <laughs> you, just, you just messed us up. That was right. our whole hustle. That's right. You just <laughs> up our hustle. And so they were complaining. <laughs> and they're like, these, these people turning the world upside down or whatever. I don't know if all that's in the same story. but And I'm thinking about that story. And so it happened then and it happens now where people know that this stuff is real and they exploit it for personal gain or to uh, manipulate people. And they could be speaking the truth um, yes, that is, <laughs> I could do a December international version of the Bible. Yeah, I was going to say, well, uh, I, I would love, choir needs to publish like a, a commentary or a, or a paraphrase of the New Testament by December Rose, and you could narrate it. It would like, I, that whole that thing might go pretty well. Well, you just retold that story was so great. Like I, I want, I want that should be that should be the version everybody reads. Hey, this is my hustle. Like uh, it legit reminds me of like there are people I worked with here in Oakland, and they were working with this uh, with this pimp and trying to get him out of the business, and they taught him how to be a recording artist, and he's recording music, and some of the sex workers that worked with him showed up at the recording studio to be like no you need to quit this because we are not we need you to actually run this business for us that's right Um, wow so legit i had never thought of the connection between those two stories till uh till you did the december international version there sorry (laughs) i know katie you have some thoughts on this particular story so i wonder if you'd be willing to jump in 
as it happens, I have an article published, I think, in 2016 on this very story in biblical interpretation. So anyone um, who has access to an academic wow. library, you can find that. And it's reading the story from a disability perspective. Um, but so this, the young girl's enslaved, right? Yeah. And she's absolutely making money for her masters. Yes. I don't think it has anything to do with ghosts. But And it doesn't even say that uh, he cast a demon out of her. She had a spirit of Pythia. And Pythia is associated with the oracle in Delphi, like the most prominent oracle of oh. the ancient world. So yeah. it's not saying that she is a priestess or she is an oracle from Delphi, but she's strongly associated with it. And this is like the only time the word Pythia is used. So Pythia, Ooh. like Python, uh, like yeah. the snake that inspired the oracular priestesses in the temple of Apollo. Um, and so it, like she, she seems to be a legitimate oracle. Like she says things that are true. Demons also always say things that are true in the New Testament. They never, they never actually say lies. Yeah. They always proclaim the truth about who right. Jesus is, about, you know, about the situation that's, right. that's going on. Um, and so... I think the thing is in that story, Paul is just the word that's used is he's annoyed with her. He's not casting the spirit of Pythia yeah. out of her, like for her own well being. In fact, he probably harms no. her. The days where he rebuked her. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, he, like, yeah. He, he's just annoyed, and so he's like, okay, I, in the name of you know whatever, in the name of Jesus, I, I you know <laughs> command you out. I mean, he does exercise her, um, and so that so I have I have a lot of thoughts about that story. Um, uh, as well. Mm. But it's so interesting because when I was studying the commentaries, about half the commentaries said she was a charlatan, she was a fake, she was a dog and pony show. The New Testament gives us no mm. sense that anyone thought she was faking. No. They all assumed that she's a legitimate no. oracle. Like she's a legitimate, mm. I, we would say, well, like, got on, she was got on their damn nerves. Yeah, yeah. She was just getting on his nerves because yeah, she was. What do you have cast out of her if she was faking? Right. It? Yeah. Yeah, there's also the issue. Maybe your article, maybe your article uh, dealt with this too, because like, so this girl is a slave, number one, um, and so when he when he does sort of exercise the spirit from her, not only are her owners um, out of money, what happened to her? Does anyone give a crap about what happens to her now? Because she's useless. Are they just going to throw her on the street? Mm -hmm. So feminists have been mm -hmm. criticizing Paul's action in this story for many decades. Um, by saying that he, yeah, he it, what it, he does, he does out of convenience for him, not out of care for her. And so she is, she has a double whammy. Her, um, her, what I would call her disability, her potential disability of not being unable to speak these oracular statements. I can't imagine she had fun walking around after Paul saying, the name, the most living high God, you are the servant, blah, blah, blah. Like that sucks. That's not a job anyone wants to walk after him shouting all day, but she seems to not be able to help it. But then by exercising her yeah, without it, her permission, back, he's also putting her out of work. Yeah. Looking back at that story, uh, it almost seems like she had some kind of spiritual Tourette's <laughs> syndrome, Tourette's syndrome or something. Like it, like you said, it was not voluntary, um, yeah, her no. outbursts, it seems. But anyways, I, what I was uh, bringing up that story, which I'm going to have to now go back and read that article. I was like, I don't even know what the spirit of pity and all this. I didn't even know. I just thought homegirl was just getting on their damn nerves. And he was like, go on now somewhere. get, get. But I'm going to have to go back and read that. Um, but I, I, I imagine that most people's belief or measure of belief where it concerns ghost spirits, goblins and whatnot is based on their experience like mine. So I have experienced it. And it doesn't always have to be, I'm going to say this too, it doesn't always have to be a manifestation, a physical manifestation that you could see. Um, it could be in something that happens. And I'll give you another story. 
Um, remember when we started this, I told you I had a lot of stories. <laughs> so um, I'll give you two that is different from the kinds earlier that where I was seeing something. I spent the night at my friend's house when I was young. My best friend when I was young, her name was Keitha Holman. And I spent the night at her friend at, at, at my friend's house. And it was time to go to bed. Everybody was in bed. And it was in the middle of the night. And we were probably laying down. We weren't asleep yet, but we were probably laying down for maybe 15, 20 minutes, chatting, whatever, getting ready to go to sleep. And um, all of a sudden, the zipper on the backpacks start unzipping. What? <laughs> the zipper on the backpacks. And we were both so scared. I don't think we could speak. And in the morning, she was like, did you hear the backpack unzip last night? And I was like, yes, I did. She's like, that was creepy, wasn't it? I was like, yes, it was. But by that time, believe it or not, I think I was in like um, sixth or seventh grade. By that time, I had had so many encounters. That was probably the least creepiest You're like, oh, of my encounters. So I was just like, oh, that's fucking creepy. And ugh. and then I'm moving on from it. But, you know? wow. And I was like, yes, I did hear that. So um, I think that it just depends on, you know, what, what you experience is going to define and shape what you believe. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. Absolutely. Yeah, I think. What, is anything in your backpack? Was anything moved around or any treats? Honey, I don't know. I ain't going nowhere near that backpack after. <laughs> it was her backpack. I was like, your backpack in your house. Thank you for letting me stay the night. God bless you. Good night. <laughs> never to return. Yeah. Man. Man, actually, I did never ever spend the night getting out to that. I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah. So I know I had wanted to talk about uh, a little bit about ancestors, but I'm not sure we have uh, enough time to do it because uh, we've done such a deep dive on so many things. I'm just going to say real quick because I care a lot about connecting with ancestors as part of how we show up well for the work of justice in the world today. That um, I think the notion of the ways ancestors can communicate to us falling into maybe a different category than, uh, than yeah. ghosts, especially the way Katie defined them. And we can maybe mm -hmm. have that conversation another time. Let's yeah, let's do an episode yeah. on it. Well, listen, I hope you guys continue to tune in. Cause I think we got at least one, two, maybe three more episodes on <laughs> ghost goblins and such. Do we, I don't know if we got three, but we at least Matt's got really, two. really, really excited at least about two. that too. I think at least two. <laughs> at least two at least two and again we want to hear from you yeah yes goblins and all those kind of things um and and gnomes and whatever those other things that you got in your book <laughs> hobbits we're going to talk about the wisdom of hobbits yes <laughs> all the above all the little uh things that creep us out and delight us at the same time so anyways if you ain't doing nothing else and if you are doing something else we'll just stop doing it and go to heretichappyhour.com and check us out and look around in our store and buy something download our podcast and all that other good stuff that you could do at www.heretichappyhour.com so i think we have at least three episodes right we ancestors we talked about um mediumship and angels mm -hmm. yes. angels. Oh, angels i forgot about that oh, so depending right. okay. on how crazy <laughs> we want to drive matt we got a lot in the i got i got a lot of bullets in this gun i'm just saying um so okay look, so, let's, let's so what we're saying this is an open-ended series we, we're not sure yeah, if this right. is ever going to end we'll just keep going <laughs> no, we're, we're just changing this to the to the metaphysical sure all right we want to hear your ghost stories, though. We want to hear what you think a ghost is. So come to our free Facebook group. It's Heresy After Hours. And post 
you know, your ghost stories. Uh, may it chill us to the bone so that we can all be scared together. So it's a free Facebook group. It's for people at all levels of deconstruction, reconstruction. I just put into your search bar heresy after hours. Oh, that's me. Hey, and you know what? Oh, man, <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about supporting your favorite podcast, The Heritage Happy Hour, on Patreon. And for those of you that already do support us, we are so grateful. Thank you very much. We love you and appreciate you. Um, but if you would like to support us, uh, head on to patreon.com slash heretic happy hour. Uh, your donation will uh, help us continue to produce great episodes like this one, um, as well as hopefully maybe one day update that website that hasn't been updated in who knows when. Um, so yeah, go ahead and over there and do that. And when you do, not only will you unlock all kinds of extra cool uh, bonus stuff, uh, all kinds of great stuff that's over there now, hundreds of things uh, to check out. You'll also receive access to our exclusive private Facebook group, the Heretic Happy Hour Facebook group. So head on over to patreon.com slash heretic happy hour. And you know what? There's also indulgences indulgences are involved. So, you know, you can not only support your favorite podcast, not only unlock amazing, cool stuff, uh, you would also guarantee that you would go straight to heaven when you die. You won't become a ghost. And prosperity gospel. (laughs) please 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 rate and review us on uh whichever platform you access your uh podcast through uh it's currently listed as heretic happy hour because we haven't had a chance to change the name to the haunted happy hour which is obviously the direction we're going in with (laughs) this show uh but if you can rate and review us uh it will protect you from the hungry ghosts that will absolutely come after you uh otherwise thank you very much Inception. Yeah, my favorite movie. About- and why it's the poor man's memento. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> oh, it's